Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Thank you for joining us again for this week's Alabama AgCast. This is Jacob Davis, Executive Director of the Alabama Peanut Producers Association. Today we're going to discuss this year's peanut crop. Today's guest is Chris Balkum, Alabama's peanut agronomist with Alabama Cooperative Extension System. Well, Chris, give us an overview of this year's crop. Jay, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, you know, we have a mixed bag out there, Alabama across the state this year, but uh, overall the crop looks pretty good. Uh, we, we certainly had plenty of rain up until recently where the uh, showers have gotten more sparse and scattered. But uh, we've got around 100,000, 180,000 acres planted this year in 2021. Uh, we had a late start just due mainly to the cooler spring that we had and really wet conditions early in the year. Uh, just kept delaying us. We just couldn't get the temperatures where we really needed to be. Um, however, we had some to go out there and plant early. Uh, our result is we've got a lot of tomato spotted wilt pressure out there this year. Um, any, anywhere where we, we had some skippy stands or slow emergence due to those cooler conditions or, or really wet ground that really slowed down the peanuts, uh, we've got a lot of tomato spotted wilt virus out there this year. Um, that's that, that's probably going to be the single most detrimental thing to our to our yields possibly, uh, as well as our disease. Um, ha- having all the rain that we had as early in the spring when we did summer beginning of the year, uh, we were not able to get out there and get a lot of early fungicide sprayings on this peanut crop. Uh, that that's that could really cause us some big consequences down the road as far as when we think about uh, not having that early protection, uh, getting affected with those diseases early, and it's going to be very hard to catch up and get ahead of that here later because the heat that we've had here throughout the month of August has been the, the most that we've had this year, high temperatures, and uh, it's just going to really bring that disease pressure on as we continue to get these uh, scattered showers to go with it. So, um, you know, all in all, uh, in it's pretty good shape. We've got to have the rain. Uh, you know, we just got to deal with the weather the best we can, the conditions we had. So it's kept us from being timely uh, as much as we wanted to with our fungicide uh, program. However, um, uh, you know, we, we just do the best we can do with what we got to work with. So uh, um, we won't know till later on uh, when we see the amount of disease we've got, but we know it's probably going to be coming uh, far worse than what it is now. Well, you mentioned uh, having a late start getting planted because of the weather. Um, what impact could uh, that later harvest this year potentially have on the crop? Yes, um, being delayed like we were, uh, you know, a lot of more than 50% of the crop was probably planted the end of May and on through uh, June. Uh, that That's going to really delay us back as far as when you go to thinking about the rainfall that we need uh, to continue to uh, make and fill out and produce that peanut crop. Uh, we're going to need rain through September. Uh, obviously, we'll have some of those early peanuts that did get put in on time that we'll start harvesting here in mid-September. But for the most part, 
you know, more than 50% of the crop is really going to need rain throughout September. So, uh, you know, it's going to be tough on us. Uh, typically, September is a drier month um, of the year, um, October being being one of the driest. So uh, that could really hinder us as we go to thinking about our overall yield uh, for the state when we think about how much is planted late and what our, what typically happens with our rainfall. You know, last year we had a lot of tropical storms. We're predicted to have a lot this time, uh, but that's really where we get our rainfall uh, late in the fall like that is through storms. But I know last year those tropical storms actually kept us from harvesting in a timely manner, which also negatively impacted the crop, didn't it? Yes, that's correct. And, and you know, we, because we were planted early last year and more on time, this time we are delayed. That's right. Well, um, peanut research is a ma- major focus for the Alabama Peanut Producers Association and our farmers depend on research findings to give them an edge on making their operations financially viable. So tell us about some of the peanut research projects that we have going on this year in Alabama. Yeah, we, we've got a number of projects across the state, you know, as far as, um, uh, you, you know, just, just first and foremost, you know, we got Charles Chen, our peanut breeder. He, he has a lot of breeding lines. Uh, they're, they're planted and, and different crosses and he looks like with his variety selections and so forth. So, uh, there's a number of, uh, plots there with just that alone. And, uh, you know, of course I work together closely with all our researchers and peanut team there in Alabama. Um, now, you know, Scott Graham, our entomologist, me and him have a thrips test together, uh, looking at different treatments, uh, where we were there at planting time for thrips. Um, Audrey Gamble, um, working with her, you know, she does a lot of our soil fertility stuff and, and me and her have some, uh, fertility projects there on peanuts as far as, uh, uh, like some slow release, uh, broadcast fertilizers, uh, like a polyphore type compound. Um, we also have some, um, infer fertilizer tests there with peanuts to look at, to compare. Um, I've got I've got some seed treatment tests uh, on peanuts. You know we have a new seed treatment out there uh, with Rancona, uh, comparing it to um, our old industry standard, which was Dynasty. And then in addition to that, we also um, uh, I also have a new new type seed treatment that is uh, uh, kind of like a sprayed on polymer coated uh, treatment on the seeds versus the old uh, traditional uh, dust powder that was treated on seed. So uh, we have those in comparison to each other, see how it performs uh, to see if this is good and make sure there's no issues with that new new type of um, treatment. Um, of course, we do a number of variety tests. Uh, uh, Henry Jordan there that, that's in charge of our variety testing program with all when I work closely with him to the irrigated dry land uh, PVT trials. And... Um, and then in addition to that, I have a, a probably seven on-farm variety tests scattered all across the state and all the different growing regions uh, with, the, with the same six varieties uh, in at each of those locations to compare with each other. Uh, we have uh, some nematode tests uh, looking at not, not just the nematode-resistant varieties, but also some nematode uh, treatments there that may go out in for or or broadcast band there over the top of the peanuts. 
uh, axe planting. So uh, uh, we're, we're looking again at the seeding rate, different seeding rates. You know, our standard is six seed per foot. Uh, we continue to look at these higher seeding rates to see if that's beneficial. And, uh, and then, of course, we have some irrigation stuff there with uh, Brenda Ortiz as far as in addition to irrigation scheduling. Uh, then we've got still um, our, our new, to some people, which is our subsurface drip uh, irrigation. So we continue to look at those different things. So uh, we have just a wide range of research that's uh, done. Um, uh, Amanda Shearer, she, she does a lot of fungicide work looking at different uh, leaf spot control programs as well as uh, white mold materials, you know, see, see what kind of uh, um, benefits you get out of others with uh, uh, the amount of coverage they can give and protection that they can offer. Good deal. Well, uh, let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Chris, before we took that break, you mentioned a variety tests across the state. And I understand that Auburn University and the Alabama Cooperative Extension is employing a new web-based tool that farmers can use to help make informed decisions regarding variety selection. Could you share some information about that project with our listeners? Yes, we, we teamed up with uh, MediaSag um, to help us create a variety selection tool to allow us to be able to, um, uh, not, not only us as researchers, to be able to look there through that data, but mainly to let the clientele and the farmers to be able to go to this uh, web-based site and to be able to select, uh, maybe if they want to compare different locations or just look at varieties of a certain location or, or look at that variety all the way across all locations uh, from every aspect as far as yield or seed size or um, uh, maybe it's tolerance to the certain disease or so forth and see how they rank out in comparison to other varieties. I think it's an excellent tool in a, in a way to be able to allow the producers to easily shift through all that data to be able to give them, say, a, a top list of varieties in their area, you know, and see how they stack out. Yeah, that sounds like a, a good tool that I hope growers take advantage of. You know, our office, uh, Alabama Peanut Producers, produces a quarterly newsletter mailed out to our producers. And we also cooperate with our friends in Georgia, Florida, Mississippi to produce the Southeastern Peanut Farmer magazine, which is delivered to mailboxes across the state. But what are some other sources of pertinent information that our growers could take advantage of? Well, we have an Alabama Row Crops newsletter also uh, where, where all the different researchers will put a blip in to uh, maybe a hot topic that's going on at that current time uh, in their specific field so that uh, uh, it can just help get the word out and what we're seeing and how the crop's going and so forth and anything that may be new and happening out there. Anything else you want to share with our listeners before we sign off? Well, I we'll cer certainly hope that um, uh, they can go to these uh, links there that will be in the show notes there, and uh, and they can take a look at that stuff. And, you, you know, it's, you, you never know what's going to happen, uh, what you're going to see year to year. We always seem to come across something new and 
you know, just like this year, we've, we've, we, we come across mole crickets attacking peanuts. And, uh, we've now found that in three different locations across the state. Uh, something I've never seen before. Been working here with, uh, peanuts in Alabama with Auburn for uh, over 20 years and never seen that until this year. So there's always something new and around the corner. So always trying to stay in the loop and find out what's, uh, what's happening there in your area. So you can certainly be on the look, catch it on the front side. Well, we certainly appreciate the work you do for our peanut producers across this state. And thank you for joining us for this week's Alabama AgCast. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Hey, y'all. I'm Walker Davidson, intern for the Government Agricultural Department. Today, I'd like to tell you about the Beef System Short Course offered by Alabama Extension. The Alabama Cooperative Extension System is pleased to announce the Beef System Short Course will be offered statewide in fall 2021. The Beef System Short Course is designed for new and beginning beef cattle producers who want to learn more about the fundamentals of beef cattle management in Alabama. This program will be offered as a multi-night in-person meeting series. Topics include forages, nutrition, herd health, reproduction, record keeping, environmental stewardship, economics, and meat science. There is a program registration fee of $40, which will provide participants with a copy of lecture materials and the newly released Alabama Beef Handbook. This handbook is a 132-page resource with quick reference facts for producers based on the topics that will be shared in this program. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.